Good morning. Can you believe they let me come back for a second week? I made it. I made it past the first one. Y'all came back, whether you just were like, I felt bad for them the first time, I'll give them a second shot. So either way, thank you and welcome if you're new with us today. Uh, welcome to Fort Christian Church. If you join us online or maybe later on on our social media accounts this week, uh, welcome. Uh, we're so glad that you've uh, come to celebrate with us this weekend um, the goodness of God, the glory of God, and maybe learn a little bit more about what his desires are for our life and uh, why he is worth following. Um, yeah, so it's been a special uh, couple weeks uh, being here. And, uh, I'm excited about Independence uh, Day weekend here in this community. Uh, y'all got a lot of stuff going on, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome just to hear all the stuff going on in the community. And, and uh, I think it's something that we all like to celebrate. If you are here and you are thankful for the freedom we have in this country and those that have paid the price to give that to us, will we give it up for those that you are thankful for? Are you thankful for that? I believe that, and I am thankful too. I'm so thankful of all the places that God could have placed us in the world, of all the times in history that we chose for us to be here right now. It is a gift. It truly is. But I think for a lot of us in thinking about freedom, I think that we are thankful for the freedom we have in this country, and we should be. But if we're honest, there are things that are not so free in our life. If we're honest, there's things in our life that has kind of bound us down, that's kind of held us back from what we want to do. Have, have you ever had anything that, that was maybe holding you back that you were like, all right, I'm going to stop, I'm going to quit, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get break free. I want to be free from the stuff that I am struggling with. So the first question I want to start out with today is this, I promise. There it is. What are you enslaved by? All right, so the opposite of freedom is being enslaved, right? You're being, being enslaved to something. All right, so what is it that you are enslaved by? Um, I, I know that for some of us, we could laugh and we could go, uh, maybe on the lighthearted side, we can go, I'm enslaved by my coffee in the morning. All right, that's why we serve it. We've seen the way you guys behave if you don't have it, right? So we're trying to help you with that, right? right? But you're enslaved to the coffee. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's something a little bit more serious. Maybe it's enslaved with feelings towards someone, like, like maybe like hatred. You ever been so bound by hatred towards someone, it felt like you just couldn't break free of it? You're so bound in the way you feel towards someone that you can't seem to get over it. Maybe it's not fear. Maybe it's uh, maybe it is instead of being hate. Maybe it is fear. Maybe it's maybe it's sin. Maybe you're 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 free on this in this country, but you're not free personally because you're bound by some sin that keeps sneaking back up. A sin that you've tried to get rid of, and you've tried many times, but for whatever reason, for lots of different reasons, you've continued to fall back into it. I think we live in a day and age where we are more bound than we think we are, by more things than we like to admit. Some things that we're very ashamed of, and some things that we are really, really afraid to talk about. I challenged you guys this past week that I really wanted us to be honest and authentic. So, so last week I shared a big chunk of my story with you. Um, and, and, and it was because I wanted us to have honest conversations. I was like, man, if any place in the world we could go where we could be honest about the realities of situations, shouldn't it be here? Of, with all the things that are going around the world, shouldn't this be the place where we could go and actually have honest conversations? even in the areas and the things we don't really want to talk about because we need to talk about it. So I wanted to do that here today. And this idea of slave to sin, the first thing I wanted us to think about is in this concept of slave to sin, it starts early. There is things happening. I have an eight-year-old son right now, and there's things happening in his life that are bending him, and as we are bent towards sin, and when I'm saying sin, I'm talking about going against the, the law and direction, the purpose and plans of God. So whether it's lying, cheating, stealing, whether it's lust, whether it's pride, all of these things that are breaking us from the mold of God's plans for our life and to glorify him. So slaves of sin, think about this, how early this is. Age 11 is the average age of the first view of pornography 
here in America. 11-year-old kid, first encounter, and that's average. Guys, adults, 68%, 68% of men claim to be viewing it often, this idea of pornography and lust. But men aren't alone. Nearly 30% of women are also claiming now in this culture, in this community, in this country, to be viewing pornography, lusting with the eyes and the heart. And we're talking about this is starting from an early age and then just enslaves us all the way through. But it's not just lust of the eyes and things of that nature. It is actually something even just as devastating, perhaps, and that is abuse of substances, like self-medicating in other ways. In fact, 46% of us know someone who has abuse issues when it comes to substances. In fact, I imagine I would. I won't do that today. But if I said to raise your hand, if you had somebody in your family that that maybe has, or someone that you love, or somebody that you know personally that is dealing with substance abuse or has been, I believe a great many of us would be able to go, yes, me too. Or maybe it's even you in this room. I think about this way, and this is probably um, a good starting space to consider, is 26% of people have admitted to binge drinking in just the last month. We're talking about a large portion of people who are trying to mask something, and they're turning in wrong directions for it. Now, if you're here today and you're going, whew, all right, so far, so good. I kind of made it through the lust thing. That was uncomfortable. Uh, I, I kind of just, I just, I just made it through the substance abuse. Okay, so far I'm checking off. All right, surely he's not going to bring up, yes, I am. I'm bringing up the phone. So, so what about you enslaved to your phone? 2,600 times a day you are tapping and swiping your phone. And listen, I am as guilty as anyone else in the room. And, and, and here's the thing, has anyone else had the phantom vibrate happen in their life where they think that maybe the phone has gone off and it's just your brain having an issue? Like, like it's like, you know, it's like me, I usually keep it in my pocket here and like I'll have my phone sitting somewhere and I'll be like, oh, I think I'm getting a call. I think something's wrong with me. Like, I think, it's like you're hearing it. It's like phantom ringing. Like there's, something's happening to us. And it's like we're the first wave of experimentation that someone's like, let's just see what happens. Here, give it to them. And, and like, here we are. Like, we're just addicted to these dumb things. And we're like, can't go to the bathroom without it, right? It's like, you just gotta have it. Like, it's just, it's a problem. And we can, and, and it's true, we, we laugh about it. But honestly, like some of us were like, dude, I wish I could break free of it, but I just can't. I'm just enslaved to it. Oh, I saw this chart the other day as, I've been, as I was researching and learning this community and what I felt like God was calling us to do and who God wanted us to be in this community. I started to see kind of the, what was going on. Like I wanted to know like what's happening deep within the family units around us. And this chart here really blew my mind. So specifically in talking about um, substance abuse and deaths caused by it, look at the trends happening here. So this is what's happening here. So this covers, you can't quite see the numbers on there, but it covers from 2007 all the way through 2018. And what doesn't show yet is the spike that happened through COVID that went skyrocketing up from there. So we are as a community, as a culture, by the way, the red line that you're seeing going up, that is Maryland as a whole. The blue is actually just Baltimore. So you're talking about even in our rural areas, there is this massive issue taking place that I think is representative of the way we're enslaved to so many things. That we are in a day and age where our families, our communities, our neighbors, our loved ones, coworkers are battling, struggling. And, and, and God has something for us in this. He has plans for us in this. And, and the challenge I wanna send with you today in this series we've been covering, choose this, not that. We, we've, we've talked about encouragement and not gossip. We've talked about having grace and not judgment. Last week, we were talking about purpose. Like we, want, we wanted you to choose purpose over pointless, and today, we want you to choose freedom, not slavery.
We, we want you to choose freedom, not slavery. We want this to be a, a, a concept for you to consider as you're making choices in life. We wanna, want you to refocus your brain, not only in the freedom we celebrate as a country, but the freedom that you can experience personally, spiritually, eternally, that can be found in Christ. And this is something he actually cares about. I want us to, to do this. I want us to jump in. We're going to look at a couple different passages today, but I want you to see that Jesus cares about this. He knew ahead of time that you and I were going to struggle with these addictions in life. He, he knew that we were going to be enslaved by things, and he wanted his people, he wanted us to know that this is going to happen, and there is a way out under it. There's a way for us as a, as a people to be able to get out from the things that, that bound us. And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's your close loved one. Maybe it's your kid that needs to be prepared. Maybe it's someone you know personally and needs to hear this message you're going to share with online. Whoever it is today, listen up to the way Jesus is saying, listen, maybe you're not enslaved right now, but hang tight. It's coming. It'll sneak up on you. So Jesus talks about this in John 8. John 8, we're going to look at verses uh, 31 through 34. We're going to start actually in 34 through 36 to give you a framework of what he's talking about. Then we'll look back at kind of his main point that he's wanting the listeners to know. And it starts out like this. Jesus was replying here and he said, very truly, like this is really important. When he said very truly, he's saying like this is really, really important for you to know. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Okay, so if you felt like you made it through the Brian Hay list, Jesus just called you out, all right? So he just said, okay, you, 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 yeah, guess what? You are a slave to, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And, and so we're talking about anything, whether it's lying, cheating, stealing, whether it's uh, lusting, whether it is cursing at your parents, whether it's disobedience in those ways, whether it's breaking the laws of the land, whether it's using God's name in vain, on and on and on we can go, a slave and a sin. In what way, Jesus? What are you talking about? He says it in this way. He says, now, a slave, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son, capital S, Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is a hope statement. This is saying, listen, if you sin, you're going to be a slave. You're going to be a slave to it. Right, and, and being a slave to it means you have that this is owning you. Is is there sin that's owning you? That means that you're you're not in. Like you're you're out of the family. And he said that no, that that is the case unless you're a son, unless it's through the son, and then there's hope and there's freedom found. So to kick it off, let's go look back at verse thirty-one. This is the way he was framing it up for these folks. He's saying, all right, to, to the Jews who had believed him. All right, they said Jesus said to them, if you hold on to my teaching. If you hold on to it, I, it's so important. Um, if, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. If, then, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is kind of talking here, and you're going, okay, what are you implying here, Jesus? So you're, you're, you're calling us out, saying, okay, we're going to be slave to this stuff. And then you're saying, but, but then you're saying, well, if we're kind of enslaved to it, we're not part of the family, but, but if you're a son, then you're part of the family, and the son's redeeming us from this. So, like, are we in the family or not? Like, now I'm confused. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And, and, and the beauty of God's word is it unpacks this a little bit more. And so when Paul's writing to the church, churches of Galatia, with this, this Asia culture, like he's, he's speaking to these people um, and writing this letter. We were able to pick this up in Galatians. And so I, I want us to do me a favor in this. And sometimes I like for you to read it in your own Bible or read it on your own phone so you can see it yourself. So I'm going to challenge you to grab your phone or your Bible out if you brought it with you and, and turn to Galatians 5. I'm not going to show this one on the screen because I want you to see it yourself. There's something powerful about reading it yourself, seeing it yourself, what you have in your own hand, that this is what Jesus has for us to consider. If you find yourself in and around this field, if you find yourself in and around uh, these sins, maybe this is the highlight to you. Maybe you need to highlight it for yourself. Maybe you need to go back to it and read the power of what's taking place here. It is that important. So I'm going to read it to us. Galatians 5, we'll go 19 through 21. I want you to hear the weight of this. When you follow 
and I'm, I'm doing the NIV, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. What he's saying is I'm giving you a list, and if, if you're not on this list, one's like those, all right? That's what he's implying. He said, and so let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, listen to that phrasing, that sort of life, or if you're living that sort of life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Big statement. I want you to see it. Like, I want you to have it. If you're online, I want you to grab it. Go search for it. Like, go, go online, click on it. I want you to see it for yourself. Like, this is saying, this is a big statement. I say that if, if this is your life, Right, there's, there's a difference between having made a mistake and have sinned and living a life of it. You see what I'm saying? Like, like there's, there's a difference of, of this being the life which you're living, enslaved to it where it's, you're shackled up and this is what has bound you and this is what you have become. This is the repetitive life of you. And he's saying, listen, be careful. Like this, if this is what you are living life of, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. That's what defines you. And it goes on from there to share about the fruits of the Spirit and, and the power of what the Holy Spirit can do through you to overcome these things, that there is hope in there. All right, so, so maybe you read that and you're like, okay, listen, I'm, I'm wanting to break free. So maybe not it's if I'm enslaved, it is how do I break free from my enslavement? How do, I, how do I become free from this? What do I actually do? What's the tangible ways that I can actually overcome this? And that continues in Galatians 6.1. All right, so it con- continues in Galatians 6.1. Here I'll have this displayed for you. It says, dear brothers and sisters, like, like if, if this is you, if you find yourself enslaved in this, if you've got brothers and sisters in Christ around you and this is their struggle, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, overcome and slave to, you who are godly, and here he's not saying like you who are perfect, he's saying you who are following after God, you who have seen and experienced the goodness and glory of God who has overcome these yourself in many ways, you who are godly should gently and humbly, now I know uh, y'all getting used to me, all right, but I'm gonna need y'all to repeat those two words, gently and humbly. Ooh, A plus on participation class. Well, well done. All right, but listen, gently and humbly. All right, I want you to say it because I want you to know it. All right, so, so I'm, I'm, let's be clear here. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. All right, so the question is, is that you're wanting to break free. So, so who, who and how are we going to break free? He's saying those of you who are godly, those of you who have, have been there, that have experienced the goodness and grace of Jesus, who are living for him, walking towards not perfectly, but making progress, you should gently and humbly help those who are bound by sin around you to get them back on the right path. But be careful. You're not Jesus. So be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Gently and humbly help. He says this in verse two, share each other's burdens. Share each other's burdens in this way. In what way? In this way. That's good, we're getting there, all right? In, in this way, obey the law of Christ. All right, so, so you're thinking, all right, so I, I know I need to obey the law of Christ. I know I need to, to change things up. I know I'm enslaved to this stuff, I know I need to change these things up. I know I need to obey the law of Christ. I know I need to change that. So, so how do I do it? Like, what's, what's the way in which I'm going to overcome this? What's the way in which I'm going to start obeying? And so many of us have lived the lie, especially with the world around us, that I got this. Like, I got it. I got this. Dude, just me and God. I don't need people. I don't need other believers around me. I don't need the church. It's just, I'll just do it on occasion. Like, it's cool. Like, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need to be around people. I just got me, God, and country. Like, that's all I need. 
Like maybe some of y'all got a boat. I need God, boat, and, and me. Like that's, that's all I need. I can overcome and do anything. And, and that's, that's how I'm gonna beat this. That's how I'm gonna overcome this. I don't need to admit that I struggle. I don't need to admit that I'm a failure in these ways. I don't admit that I'm enslaved to this. I don't need anybody to know my issues. This is personal, right? Get off my lawn, Brian. Like this is mine. You just, right? Like that's, that's the way in which we're built up. That's the way we see the world. We just, that's the lies we've even told us. We told ourselves that. We even based it on scripture. I could do anything through Christ who strengthens me. See, that includes this. It's like, yeah, he, he made a way. And what was the way? To do it together. It's why he said, you know, the ecclesia, the church, like this gathering of people, it's why y'all need to do this. That's why y'all gotta get back together. That's why you need one another. Because I provide a way out. And one of the primary ways he's provided a way out is through the redemption of your heart and soul, the, the glory of God working through you through the Holy Spirit, and those whom he's placed around you to walk with you. But you don't do it alone, but you do it together. So that's why in this idea of choose freedom, not slavery, that this is the plan and the purposes that we're trying to chase after. Is that you want to choose freedom and not slavery? That means you need to choose a friend or choose to get someone who can help you. You want to choose freedom and not slavery? That may mean you need to choose to get some help yourself. Rick Warren, a pastor and author of several books, maybe you remember The Purpose Driven Life, he he talked about this, and, um, and this is a quote from him. He says, uh, if, if you're losing the battle, if you're losing the battle um, against a persistent bad habit, an addiction or temptation, and you're stuck in a repeating cycle of good intentions, failure, guilt, good intention, failure, guilt, you will not get better on your own. He continues. You need the help of other people. Some temptations are only overcome with the help of a partner who prays for you, who encourages you, and holds you accountable. You want to choose freedom and not slavery. Rick is looking at the same Galatians passage and saying, look, man, we, we, we got to quit trying to think we can do it on our own. That was not God's intent or plan. It was to do it together. So I always want to be real with you, and you're going, okay, that's great, Brian. Um, so practically speaking, like, how does that actually look? Like, what does it look like to actually, like, walk along someone? And how does it look? How do I even start that? Like, what does that even look like? And so let me share with you in a way to do that quickly. I want to share with you a story, a story of my buddy, uh, Brad. So, um, no, my buddy Brad, me and him go way back, um, actually, many, many years ago. Um, but b- before I was a pastor, um, I was, <clears throat> at the time when I met him, I was just a uh, member of the church. I was just somebody who came in and out. I was trying to help in a lot of different ways. I would serve in a couple different areas. And one of the things I did was I, I decided to lead in um, a different, a new, I was already in part of small groups. If you remember last week, I was in small groups all along. But I decided to lead a new small group. And uh, this new small group, I was like, I want to go help with those that are kind of on the fringes that look like they are trying to 50-50 of whether they want to be a part of the church or maybe new to Christianity or something like that. So I, I went out and invited a group of people, um, met them in kind of like a little startup class, and then I was like, hey, let's do a small group and come to our house and let's get to know each other. And one of those people were, uh, was Brad and his wife, Kelly, and their two uh, young kids. And so uh, we started a group together. We were meeting in our home. Um, and so they were there, and then I'd be asking questions, and we'd be getting to know each other. And, and Brad would show up, but he was always, like, in the corner, quiet, and just, like, not engaged. Um, he, just, he just really wasn't um, wanting it. Like, he just seemed like he was miserable, really, being there. Like, he was not really wanting this. And so I decided to reach out to him personally. And so I was like, hey, man, let's get together. Let's, let's uh, grab a bite to eat or let's, let's go out and let's, let's meet up. And, um, and he agreed. And so we, uh, we got together and uh, we, I was just trying to get to know him. And I'm like, man, hey, listen, I, I, I feel like um, there's something here, man. I feel like something's broken. And he said, well, let me just start out like this. He said, I have been burdened and broken and have been let down so many times by other people 
that I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust that you are actually going to be a good friend. I don't know if I can trust that you're actually going to care about me or if you're going to abandon me and run from me like so many other people. He says, so if we're going to do this thing like friendship, all right, if we're going to do this, then I want to be real. I want us to be 100% authentic with one another. I want us to be honest with one another. I want us to be committed to one another. And I was like, dude, that's what I'm here. That's exactly what I want. And he was like, but I'm dead serious. Let's be 100% real. And I said, all right, dude, I'm in. And so he's like, okay, I'm, all right, let's do it. He says, so let me just be straight up with you then. Uh, For over 25 years, I have been a high-functioning alcoholic. I was like, like, like you used to be? Like recently you, you tried to quit or something? Or He was like, oh, no, 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 like today. I was like, dude, I, like, what do you mean? He's like, so today we're meeting. It was around dinner time. He says, so I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go buy some alcohol on the way home. I'm going to go drink until I pass out. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll go to work. I'll do my job. I'll come home on the way home. I'll pick up more alcohol. I'll eat dinner. I'll start drinking then. I'll drink all the way until bedtime, and then I'll, I'll pass out from it, and then I'll wake up the next day, and I'll do that over and over and over again. And I've been on this cycle nearly every day for the last 25 plus years. So here I have Brad, and, and this was, it's amazing, me and Brad, like, like we have nothing in common. Like if you were to joke, if, if you met us, you'd be like, all right, so uh, Brad is like the most introverted, like high detail dude, like, and like he, you know, is socially awkward. I tell that to him's face, it's cool. Um, he knows I'm sharing a story, so he's listening right now and he's socially awkward. So like, um, and then like, you know, so he walks in and he's hesitant, a very person he meets. And me, I walk in the room and I think, you really would be my best friend if we just had a chance to get to know each other. Like I just approach life that way, right? Uh, like, so like, I'm, I'm like the, the, dog that's wagging his tail as soon as he sees someone and he's kind of like cat like you know he's like so like that's just different between us right and, and so here here we're in and, and he's like he's like so here's the thing is I, I can't I can't break this he's like so I've tried before I've tried different things and um I can't break it so that's the reality of what I'm in but that's why I'm kind of sometimes messed up when you see me that's why I'm kind of distant I was like well that's what if today was the last day you'd ever had a drink what if well, I guess yesterday was the last day you'd ever had a drink and he was like yeah it can't happen I was like, yeah, but like you hadn't met me. Like <laughs> you had your last drink. Check mark. Done. High five. Made it. So like like and and he was like, no, you understand, I can't. And I was like, yeah, you can. Like, we're gonna do it together. Like, we're just gonna do it together. Like today's last day. So what do you wanna do? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, you wanna go get like watch a movie? Like you're not gonna go drink, so what are we, what are we gonna do? And and he's like, he's like, no, I can't do it. And I was like, all right, well, if you want to be friends and we want to be this thing, we got to be real, we got to be authentic, so you've had your last drink. Um, I'll give you a time to think about it, but yeah, that's the way this is going to go. And uh, so the next day, he called me, he says, all right, I'm in. I'm, I'm ready to try. So we, we go uh, for the next uh, several uh, days through this, um, and, and uh, he's having uh, bad withdrawals. And, and so I committed to him. I said, okay, every day um, when you drive home, you, that's when you go buy alcohol. He says, yep, that's when I go buy it. I said, cool, I'm going to talk to you every single day from the time you leave work until you get to your house. So every day we talk for 30-some minutes from the time he left work until he got to his house. He'd get into the house, shut the door. I could hear his wife in the background say, all right, cool, have a good night. And he hated me for it, but it was good for him. So, like, it, but, like he, it was one of those things that we would just talk, and sometimes he'd just be quiet on the phone. He didn't want to talk, and that's cool. I, I can talk. So, like, that's, that's what day after day. And then so a couple weeks later, um, we, uh, I'd text him, and like I normally do, and, and try to call him when he gets off work, and he didn't answer. So I was like, oh, that's weird. Sometimes he works late, so I'll just wait. Um, I gave him about another 30 minutes. I texted him again. Nothing. So now it's getting close to dinner time. And I told my wife, I said, I'm a little worried. Like, I might need to go check on him. Um, he finished eating, and uh, he still hadn't responded to me. And then I get a phone call. So the phone rings, and I, I answer it. And, and sure enough, uh, I pick up. And it's not Brad, though. It's, it's his wife, Kelly. And, and she calls me, and she goes, um, she, she's wailing in tears, weeping. And I'm like, Kelly, what's, you got to calm down. I can't understand you. What's going on? So through some mumbled tears, she goes, Brad got some more alcohol on the way home. When he got here, he drank it all. He got drunk. He said, I can't do this anymore. 
So he went and got the gun. And she said, I wrestled him. And he eventually convinced him to give me the bullets. He gave me all I thought, but there's still one in the chamber. He's locked himself in the basement. He's not responding to me. I have you on the speakerphone right now. Will you talk to him? And she slides the phone under the door. So I am panicked. And so I go, okay, Stephanie, got to go. Like I jump in the car. It's about 15 minute drive to his house. I'm like, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, Brad. Hey, bud. Listen, it's me. It's, it's me on the phone right now. Listen, I need you to just talk to me, bud. Hey, listen, I, I know it sounds like things didn't go quite as planned today. All right, that stuff happens, man. No big deal. Listen, just talk to me. Like, I just need you to talk to me. Like, bro, just, just respond to me. Let me know you're okay. Are you cool? Go to open the door for Kelly. Like, you don't have to. It doesn't need to be like this, man. Just calm down. Just calm down, bud. Just can you, Brad, talk to me, man. And so I'm, I'm just speeding down the road. I'm like, hey, bud, can you hear me? Like, he, she says she has me on speaker, but I can't hear you. Can you just say something? I just need you to say anything. Can you just talk to me for a minute? I'm just driving down the road. I'm just speeding down the road. I'm like, hey, dude, talk to me. You sit, like, Talk to me, all right? I need you to just, just say something. Let me know you're okay, all right? Listen, it doesn't need to be this way. Mistakes happen. doesn't mean it's over. It's no big deal, all right? So what? You got drunk again. It's fine. We can start over. It's not a big deal. He's not, you're not done yet. It's fine, okay? Just talk to me. Say something. Say something. So I, I get in the driveway. I slam in the driveway. And at this point, I'm shaking. I'm, I'm just scared. I'm like, Brad, you promised me that you would be there for me if I needed you. You sat across from me and you looked in my eyes and you promised me that you would be there for me. If I needed you, you would be there for me. You promised me, Brad. You promised me you'd be there for me. I'm in your driveway. I need you now. I need you now. Come to me. You promised me. Come to me now. And I could, I could hear him lay the gun down. I could hear his steps coming up. His feet come up the steps. He has truck tailgate sitting right there, and I just popped his truck tailgate, and I sat down just shaking. Just shaking, going, oh, my goodness. He comes out through the door. We embrace. He sits down next to me, and we just, we just weep. We just hold each other, and we just weep. And, and I just start, and I'm just praying to God. I go, God, God, I'm so scared. Lord, I thought I was going to lose my buddy here today, and I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do next. And I just looked at him. I said, Brad, buddy, you just got ready to meet him face-to-face. I think you need to talk to him. And my buddy Brad, through the most heartfelt, raw from the depths of his soul, cried out to Jesus and just confessed that he just didn't have what it takes that he can't do it on his own, that he's scared and hurt and ashamed. He just feels like he has demons lying to him in his head. And then he was just going to commit today to do whatever it takes to follow him. So we embraced and just sat there for a while and quiet, and I said, okay, buddy, so here's the thing. I'm going to message professional counselor right now. That's a buddy of mine. I got you. We're going to get you some psychiatric help to help you with the battles and whether or not you need medication or what you need to go through. We're going to go inside. We're going to get rid of and lock up all of your guns and ammo. We're going to pour out any rest of the liquor, alcohol that you have in the home. And me and you are going to do this together. He agreed, and he committed to doing it together. And day after day went by, meeting after meeting. I got him in a group of people that could help and talk to him. Medication to help him with depression, anxiety, the struggles and the battles, and it was a grind. But six years, ten days ago, I sat in that driveway. And six years ago, Six years and 10 days ago, he had his last drink of alcohol. 
Since then, he's went on to excel at his job, promoted many times. He began to lead his own groups in helping other guys struggle. He actually was one of the key leaders of a new church plant in Kentucky. He's on his track to become an elder. And just a couple of months ago, this is my buddy Brad, baptizing his son. promise. What is going on? That's my buddy, Brad. According to the CDC, 12.2 million people in America thought about suicide just in 2020 alone. It's about 4% of the population, meaning that there's probably about 20 people listening online right now in this room that have thought about the same. Or maybe you're one of the 12.2 million families who had to deal with this, and maybe they didn't put the gun down. And maybe you're struggling and suffering, and this brought up all kinds of stuff you've been trying to get rid of. But wherever you are on this story, whether it's in the midst of the pain from struggling yourself with addictions or depression, anxiety, or maybe it's the loss of a friend, or maybe you're just having spiritual battles yourself, I want you to know that redemption is possible, that freedom can be found in faith in Christ and having a friend that would walk with you. God has gifted people, whether it's professional counselors or whomever, to be able to walk with you and lovingly journey with you to overcome. Don't give up. Choose freedom, not slavery. We as a church are here for you. I am here for you. Our prayer team is here for you. And we've partnered with some great organizations that Virgil will talk about that practically if you need to talk with someone, to get the help that you need to overcome. Choose freedom, not slavery. Let's pray together. Jesus, I come for you today, Lord, with a heart that is full in knowing that I have seen personally how you can take someone who has been enslaved for so many years in the journey of pain and suffering and doubt and fears and depression and God, I've seen you move in ways that just blew our mind that you could take a guy's life who almost ended and turn it into a life that changes other people's lives for eternity. God, in this room, there's people who have feel hopeless, helpless. God, would they feel you right now knowing that you are right there with them? That Jesus, when you went and died on that cross and you rose again, you showed once and for all that there's nothing you can't overcome. That God, right now in their heart, in their soul, in their spirit, would you resurrect within them a new hope and joy that's found in you? Would they feel the presence of you right now going, there is a way out and I can help you through it? God, would there be new hope found in you today and may it be made with us coming alongside each other and whether it's a conversation with a pastor like myself, meeting with our prayer team in the back or getting the professional help that they need, God, may today they commit to you. Commit to you that they choose freedom in you and no longer to be enslaved by the sins of this world. We ask that of you, Lord, in Jesus' name. This is a time we're going to take communion together in remembrance of what Jesus did. If you didn't get a chance to grab one of these cups on the way in, we're going to have some of our guys around. You just raise your hand and we'll get you one of those. As a believer in Jesus, this is a representation and a remembrance of his body and blood poured out for us. Something we are told to do every time we get together to do this in remembrance of him. And today I want you to do it in remembrance and commitment to him remembrance of what he did for you and what that means for you and how you want to follow him. So we're going to take of this bread and you can feel, peel the first top layer off and you'll hear a cellophane applause. 
and invite you to take of that bread. Jesus, we take this bread in remembrance of your body that was broken for us. In remembrance of your body that paid the, the, the penalty for our sins that was wounded and beaten so we could be found free in you. We take this in remembrance of your body. And now the blood. Jesus, we take of this blood in remembrance of your blood that poured out for us, the blood that can wash away every sin white as snow. God, as we remember what your blood was poured out, as we take this and drink of this, Lord, may you remind us of the sweet goodness of your saving grace. We commit this to you now, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Jesus, that's where we find ourselves right now. As we're in your presence, not because we're in this place, not because we're singing a song, but Jesus, because you're with us. Where your spirit is, we have freedom. So let us respond to that today, Jesus. Let us turn now to you to find our true freedom. And so whatever we're journeying through, whatever has us in slavery, whatever we can't shake on our own, Jesus, now we turn to you. We give up. And Jesus, we let you take it. Because we have freedom here and now, Jesus. Help us to embrace it and live it. And it all happens because of your goodness that we don't deserve, Jesus. We thank you for your sacrifice for us, Lord. To your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. You know, we've really been challenged this morning, and, and I think anytime we've been challenged, we need to figure out kind of what our next steps are. And I don't know what next step you need. Maybe the next step you need is just to go and, and as soon as the service is over, go back behind the fireplace where one of our prayer teams is going to be there waiting just to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. Maybe, maybe you need some next steps of, of just going and seeking some additional help. We've got some pamphlets from True Life Discipleship Counseling back in the prayer room and also um, over here in the connect room. And maybe that's the next step for you this morning. Uh, maybe your next step this morning is to just get connected right, to find that community. Maybe your next step is just to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm visiting this church for the first time, or maybe the second time or the third time, and I want to spend time with somebody. I just want to have a conversation, um, you know, get to know this church a little bit better, and I'd love to meet you back there where the white glowing light is for Fork and Four, just for a few minutes as soon as the service is over, to get to connect with you, get to know you a little bit better. I also want to encourage you, maybe you're like, man, I'm ready to go a little bit deeper, ready to connect a little more solidly with the church. And so we've got an event coming up. It's called Fort Christian 101, and it's this coming Wednesday night, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. We get together. We talk about why it's important to have Jesus in our life, why it's important to be a part of a church, and why we think this is a great place to do that. We take care of your kids. We share a meal together. Um, you just need to sign up, fortchristian.org forward slash 101. That's, again, that's a great place. Um, to find that connection, right? Encourage you, or just like Brian said, find that place, get connected. Uh, maybe, maybe the place where you're gonna find freedom is just realizing that you've got some stuff in your own life that you need to like let go of, right? I laughed at the telephone thing. You know, I, I saw my phone report this morning. It said my viewing on my phone was like way up from last week. I don't know why it was a busier week. I guess I was traveling too, but that helped. But man, like maybe, maybe you're just trying to reprioritize life right now. Maybe, maybe one of the next steps is to recognize that, that I can do better in the way that I spend my time, the way that I can spend my, my energy. Maybe it's about spending our resources. And uh, one of the things that we do here at Fork is we talk about generosity. We talk about, you know, giving. And, and there are a couple different ways that you can do that, right? You can pour into this church, into this kingdom, into this community through giving to Fork Christian Church. You can make a difference in the lives of people. And there on the screen are some different ways to give. You can text to give or give online scan that little barcode or you can hit the little black boxes um, on the way out so you guys can do that as well maybe that's a next step for you maybe that's a way for you to find some freedom maybe even from some financial bondage that you might be um, struggling with Maybe your way to find some freedom in your life is to focus on the needs of others. We got an event coming up through our community impact team, and we're going to be doing a ministry opportunity where we're going to Baltimore City, doing some outreach down there. And so coming up on the 14th, we're going to be packing some supplies, and you can sign up online for that. And then on August 6th, we're going to go partner with just some kind of grassroots neighborhood opportunity where a group of guys get together, they break out the grill, and literally just feed a couple hundred people meals, right? 
right? Just feed a couple hundred people lunch. We're passing out Bibles, passing out supplies, and we do it just to show this neighborhood that we love them and that God loves them. So those are some next steps I might encourage y'all uh, to take advantage of. And so I don't know where you are today. Um, I know that myself personally, I've been challenged by what Brian had to say. Um, I would love to spend some time praying with you too. So as soon as I'm done uh, over here at Fork and Four, I'll be heading back to the fireplace room as well to join with our prayer team over there. But let me go ahead and wrap things up in prayer this morning. And uh, let's go out and figure out how we can find freedom not slavery. Jesus, thank you so much that you came to set us free, that you are the ultimate freedom giver, the ultimate freedom provider, that we don't have to live stained and stuck by our sin, that you provided freedom through what you did for us on the cross, Jesus. Help us to choose to live in that freedom. Help us to surround ourselves with people that will encourage us in that freedom. Help us to get the help that we need to live lives full of freedom. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have chosen us and that we get to choose you and to choose freedom, not slavery. It's your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here today, and we'll see you real soon.